Man, I had a long conversation with a buddy of mine this past week about drinking, why I didn't, all that kind of stuff. But praise the Lord. Let's uh, let's get right into this because we got I got a lot of ground to cover this morning. Let's have a word of prayer. Dear Father, thank you for this day. Thank you for this time we can get together, study your word. And Lord, I pray that we'd have a heart to to seek your face, to live right, to be right with you, to love you. Um, in all that we do, say, think, uh, our thoughts, Lord, I pray be with uh, pastors who preaches uh, later on this morning. Pray be with the choir. I pray be with this season of the year as far as Christmas. And uh, Lord, I pray that you'd be first and foremost in our heart and minds. In Jesus Christ's name, I pray. Amen. All right. If everybody has your notes, uh, they're the key thought. Getting into this here, part two is united, united or unity, united. But a quick review of uh, part one is last week. Uh, it was we we studied what is the purpose of my involvement in a local church? What is the local church? What is the function of the local church? How do I function properly in the church body? Uh, someone mentioned to me that uh, here about a week or so ago that um, they were thankful as far as the Sunday school class, and I believe if I understand correctly that uh, one thing they did is they were, they were keeping the lessons and, and uh, putting them, I don't know, in a three-ring, I don't know what they were putting them in or whatever, but it's something that you can go back and study over in the, in the future, in the, yeah, in the future, as far as on these individual topics, because we're, we're getting the basics down. And whenever we're talking, every, every time I go to training, in-service training, for years now, every year, a couple times a year, you go, you go to in-service training. What they do is they go over the basics every time, all right? And we need to make sure we got a solid grasp of the basics of everything in our life. Especially you know, here in this environment this morning, as far as as a Christian, as a believer, as a child of God, how we, how we live and function uh, in relation to God, and as we're studying this morning and last Sunday, in relation to the local church, which is something that Jesus, as I mentioned before last week, Jesus Christ established. It's not an option of whether I feel like it or want to be involved. It's a matter of this is what Jesus Christ designed, established his expectation, and we will stand before him one day and give an account of our relationship and our involvement in his church. Not Pastor Boots Church, not Mount Victory Baptist Church, not what did not, but his church. And it's very, very uh, important. Just a side note here of uh, a note I made. We must remember that so many issues and difficulties in our own lives, as well as any local church body of believers, would cease or not even develop or resolve immediately if each child of God would simply love the Lord their God with all their heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love each other as themselves. If that was something that we just grab a hold of and be passionate about, everything else many times would fall into place. But until then, let's dig into this lesson. Uh, the the uh, first section here we're going to get into, how do I find the particular local church that God wants me to serve him through? And I also put in there, because I think it's important, 
and invest my life in. Because that's what should be the case. That's what should be the case. Number one, do we pray about it? I think too often, sometimes something kind of bothers us or bugs us or ticks us off about a particular church that we've been involved in, and we leave it and go somewhere else, and we're looking for a church that kind of, you know, fits what we want. And um, I'll be very honest with you. When I was told about this church, I'll, I'll, I'll testify here, and, and like I mentioned before, uh, you know, the Bible tells us we should confess our faults one to another, and uh, I've done that a few times with tears. But uh, when my brother-in-law told me about this church being planted back in October of 2016, and I asked him some questions about it, I said, yeah, right, that'll be the day that I darkened the steps of that church. Then some time passed. Um, I was on a mission trip when this church, the first Sunday, October 2nd, 2016. I was preaching over in uh, Romania, Brajov, Romania, at Hope Baptist Church. Came back, and the Lord was, was working in my heart very, very strongly there in 2016, went back on another mission trip in 2017, and he was even hammering me even harder as far as where I was at, as far as where I was involved in, and um, had the attitude, well, let me just go ahead and, I knew the Lord was moving us, but I was wanting to make sure it was the Lord that was moving us, because man, if it was up to me, I'd have been gone out of the previous church a couple years earlier. I said, Lord, I know you brought me here, and I want to make sure it's you that takes me away. Where do you want me to get involved? And um, so, and I'll, I'll cut off as far as a lot of other testimony because it involves other people as well. But um, I came and visited on a Sunday. I had not planned on coming back that Sunday night. Came back that Sunday night over here at the hotel. And pretty much, I've been kind of, to a degree, as time goes on, plugged in more ever since. And Lord's done a lot of work in my heart, in life, over the last number of years here at this church. So my whole point is, it's a matter of, when we pray about it, do we have a heart that is sincere in praying about it, or are we just saying it because it's the religious thing to say? Now let me pray about it. Well, yeah, it's a given. It's an obvious. But do we really pray about it? Lord, where do you want me to get involved in and minister? Ask God to show you which church to associate yourself with and get plugged into. James 1.5 says, If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God that give it to all men liberally and upbraideth not, and it shall be given to him. Be there. Observe the qualities of a particular church and compare them with the biblical requirements of a proper New Testament-defined local church. And there's some things here, uh, five or six, yeah, five of them. The number one here we'll get into, I believe it is the number one 
premium, most important of any other issue, bar none. Bar none. Number one, do they believe, preach, and teach the Bible? Okay. That's fine. The Bible is the perfect written Word of God, and I just went ahead and left it in there without making blanks or whatever. The, the perfect written Word of God, from God himself to mankind, the infallible guide for life, Titus 1.9, and the absolute final authority for faith and practice in all matters. If that is a church's heart and position, then it has to come from the pastor, number one. It has to come from the pastor. The pastor has to be that way. It's not of, yeah, well, this is the church, and it's kind of been their background for the last 50 years, and it's kind of been how, you know, I heard about this church, you know, you know, 10 years ago, this is how it used to be, but they have a new pastor that's totally different. That's a different story. It's from the pastor down. Number two. Is the membership and attendees encouraged to read, to read and study the Bible as much as the leadership does? Heaven is my witness. As I am articulating these five points, I did not create them based off what I know about Mountain Victory Baptist Church. Okay, they were, number one, they were already in this particular discipleship lesson. But um, this is something that when I've discipled somebody, I've taught for years, whether it's in Romania, before Romania, since Romania. Number three, is there an active, active soul-winning ministry and endeavors, and endeavors, E-N-D-E-A-V-O-R-S for those that struggle as I do, and I'm serious when I say that. Is there an act of soul winning ministry and endeavors? Matthew 7.20 and Acts 2.47. Number four, do they minister to the needs, to the needs of people with a loving and charitable heart? You know me when I get into that, I'm hardcore on that word charitable or charity. All right, you know, we can say we love somebody all the time, but it gets proven when the charity kicks in. When we, when we give them our faithfulness, when we give them our commitment, when we give them um, our integrity, when we, give them, when we give them so many things, and that giving. Uh, you've heard me say it one time, I've said it two or three times. The greatest definition of the word charity in the Bible biblically is John 3.16. For God so loved the world, he proved it. He gave his only begotten son. So charity is very critical. Uh, where did I just... Okay, I'm sorry. Number five, do they send out and support missionaries? Do they send out and support missionaries? 
And I'm not saying that these are the only five that need to be concerned about. There's, I believe, a number of other ones uh, of, you know, that I think are important, uh, that are very important. I want to move this through this because I've got a lot of data that I want to get across to you. How am I related to other Christians? How am I to, re to relate to other Christians? They are your brothers and sisters in Jesus Christ. Be sure to understand only, only those in Jesus Christ, saved people, are your brothers and sisters regardless of any other factors. You'll hear politicians or you'll, you'll hear other people that were just, we're all God's children. But where does the part as far as being born again come into play? What is the part where Satan is our father before we get saved and then God becomes our father after the fact, after we're born again? We're not just all God's children. Now, I don't know, maybe physically as far as creation, all that, but, but the, what really counts is brothers and sisters in Christ what makes that is that they're born again. They're a child of God. Likewise, those not in Jesus Christ, unsaved people, are not your brothers and sisters, regardless of any other factors. And then there's some uh, passages of scriptures there. B, there are your fellow laborers, fellow laborers in service for Jesus Christ. How am I related to other Christians? There are to be your fellow laborers in service to Jesus Christ. What are my responsibilities towards other Christians? A there, we are to pray for each other. It is a responsibility that we have. We're to pray for one another. Almost every one of Paul's letters opens with a prayer for those he is writing to. A good example there is 1 Thessalonians 1, 2, and 3. We give thanks to God always for you all, making mention of you in our prayers, remembering without ceasing your work of faith and labor of love and patience of hope in our Lord Jesus Christ, in the sight of God and our Father. 2 Timothy 1.3 I thank God, whom I serve from my forefathers, with pure conscience, with, that without ceasing I have remembrance of thee in my prayers night and day. Pray for one another is what, what our responsibility is towards other believers, and especially those in our local church that we're connected with. We are to minister to each other. Uh, it's physically and spiritually, those in your local church family, as well as the entire body of Christ in other areas, and then there spiritually. Those are some great references there to uh, look up to or look into. C, letter C, we are to encourage and edify. We are to encourage and edify one another. 1 Thessalonians 5, 11 says, Wherefore, comfort yourselves together and edify one another, even as also ye do. And then B, we are to serve one another. We are to serve one another. The, um, 
I'll leave it at that. I think it should be. What should be my attitude towards other Christians? What should be my attitude towards other Christians? The primary attitude should be love them. Love them. 1 John 3, 4, 16, uh, 1 Peter 4, 8 says, And above all things have fervent charity among yourselves, for charity shall cover the multitude of sins. You can tell always when someone doesn't have a lot of love for somebody, when they don't keep their mouth shut. Know what I'm saying? Gossiping. Talking back and forth. I mean, I'm sure... I, I, there's no doubt in my mind, Brother Harvard knows exactly what I'm talking about, but, you know, with my department, oh, my word, you talk about the gossip factory. It's alive and well and been around for decades. didn't matter what decade I served. It was amazing. And it's like, you know the guys that really look out for you is the ones that keep their mouth shut. When it comes to that passage there, and above all things have fervent charity among yourselves, for charity shall cover the multitude of sins. I'm not referring to if there's something that is a serious, serious problem that you don't quietly go to the pastor and say, this is what I want to let you know about and I'm not talking about tenth-removed hearsay, but something that you actually have either witnessed or know or realize. It's like, so just be aware of this. Uh, I'm just concerned as far as the church body. I'm not referring to that. I'm just talking about just be a busybody as far as, you know, this and that or whatever. But um, there's things I know about some of my sisters that they've confided in me that I've just kept my mouth shut. And even the sisters I don't really get along with, I still keep my mouth shut. And why? Because don't we like it when people keep their mouth shut about our stuff? Oh, yeah. And we ought to treat people the way we want to be treated. Letter B. This is the one where I've, I've kind of, I, I guess if the Lord had, his, would ever, I know he did at one time for a very brief point, I think it was just to test me to see if I was willing, but probably where I've always made the statement that um, I don't think that God ever called me to pastor a church because of this one particular thing, and it's, of course, it's my, it's my defect, my fault, my sin, whatever is, be patient with people. Be patient. And, um, you know, it's a lot of times we can be really patient with some people that maybe new in the faith and you like and just other people. You just, But it's, it's really important as far as to have a unified body to be patient. To be patient. Let us see. Be sensitive 
to their needs. Be sensitive to other people's needs, whether they may need to be prayed for or whatever the case may be. And letter D, be forgiving to each other. Be forgiving. Ephesians 4.32 and Colossians 3.13. It covers the area there of what should my attitude toward other Christians be. Then we get into the, the next topic there. What is fellowship? What is fellowship? Fellowship is a term commonly used by Christians generally referring to getting together for activities or times of sharing common interest. However, this is only a small part of true fellowship. It is true that to fellowship is to share things, but true biblical fellowship goes far beyond just a meal or an activity. It is the sharing of life through the person of the Lord Jesus Christ with another believer. And the more believers are in tune individually with Jesus Christ and have a good relationship with Him on a daily basis, I'm talking about like a body of believers in a church, the more unified, the more peaceful the church will be. There won't be an issue of almost having a, a church split being caused over the color of carpet. Now, if, if Pastor Boots got up and said, guys, we're going to go ahead in our new church, wherever it may be, we're going to go ahead and carpet it in bright red carpet. That would not cause me to leave the church, but I can assure you I would personally not be happy because I just can't imagine bright red carpet. you got all these little kids live-wired already as it is in red carpet. It just... But I mean, as far as this, I mean, it's like, this is an awesome color as far as for me. Blue chair, I mean, you couldn't get, for me personally, blue and gray. I mean, I live blue and gray. All right. What's that? You're living under blue and gray. Oh, yeah. yeah. But, um, but I mean, these are things that are, are not biblical issues. That are not biblical issues. You know, if it's something that's Bible heresy, corruption, that's a different story. But when it's, even then, I'm not talking about really bad stuff, but even then, minor things you need to be careful of. Because Satan would love for you to make a mountain out of a molehill over some little basic biblical issue. Pastor, I don't care what you said. I am convinced Adam and Eve did not have belly buttons, and you say that they might have. I'm, I'm, I'm leaving now. What? Come on. <laughs> what I'm saying? But it, as far as it's very important, it is the sharing of life through the person of the Lord Jesus Christ with another believer. B, the essential elements of true biblical fellowship are not physical matters such as social status, friendship, common interest, church activities, etc. 
They are spiritual requirements of personal character. There are spiritual requirements. One, humility. Humility. Secondly, honesty. Honesty. That has always been a big one in my life personally. I mean, my kids, my wife can testify, my teeth can get up here and testify. I mean, they could get away with some stuff that they probably should have gotten in trouble for, but if they were honest about it, that's fine. Man, I, years ago, I, you know, if I caught one in a lie, it was like the end of the world. I'd go ballistic. I couldn't, I can't deal with it. And, and I don't want, I don't want to raise kids that'll have a, a, a habitual habit of lying. Uh, when I go down to the academy to talk to the students, they're in the academy as a chaplain and talk to them. You know, I tell them, I said, folks, there's a lot of troopers in all the way up the ranks that are with the department that I think probably should have gotten fired and didn't because whatever they got in trouble for, they didn't lie about it. But there is a lot of people that have been fired over little stupid stuff with the department because they lied about it. And the one thing that will get you fired the fastest with the Virginia State Police is if they catch you in a lie. And you don't repent real quick and change your, change your tune. But if they catch you in a lie and you stick with it, you're gone. And I am serious. They'll work through it. When I, when we came, when I came to Division I back in 19 or 2000, uh, January 2010, sat down talked to the captain. Different one now, but he said, listen, you know, you get in trouble, mess up, just make sure you tell me the truth about it. We'll work through it. You might get in trouble. You might get grouped. You might get suspended. You might lose some pay, but you'll still have a job. You lie to me, I'll fire you. And isn't that the way it is? We just, do you, I don't have friends. I don't associate with people that lie to me. And I don't lie to them. It is so honesty, just being honest with each other is so very important. Number three, love. Love, and number four, hospitality. Hospitality. The essential elements of true biblical fellowship. In other words, having a, a good relationship and fellowshipping together. And let's get together for fellowship. Now, you know, the Baptist term, that means, okay, we're going to have a big potluck dinner. All right. But there's more to it, as we just saw. Letter C. The areas of true fellowship include, among, other, uh, uh, among others, prayer, faith, ministry, and suffering. And we've probably heard it a couple times or two, three times here over recent months, if I'm not mistaken. But suffering is not something that 
here in America we really had to really deal much with. Uh, I think there have probably been some Christians that have suffered some persecution. Well, there's no question here in America in certain areas. But uh, when you're talking about suffering, uh, you know, I've heard of stories when we were in Romania under communism, when they lived under communism, uh, the suffering that, that some of those people went through. And it just draws just a close bond. It, it just brings Christians together um, when they're experiencing the same things. Letter D. Although doctrinal beliefs are vitally important, true biblical fellowship is not based on exact doctrinal agreement, but in the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. You must learn to have fellowship with Him personally. Is that in your notes? Personally, before your fellowship with other believers will be proper. You must learn to have fellowship with Jesus Christ personally, one-on-one, -on -one, before your fellowship with other believers will be proper. 1 John 1, 3-7 says, That which we have seen and heard declare we unto you, that ye also may have fellowship with us, and truly our fellowship is with the Father and with His Son, Jesus Christ. And these things write we unto you, that your joy may be full. This then is the message that we have heard of him and declare unto you, that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. What does that simply mean? If a believer is living in sin and they're saying, I've got fellowship with the Lord, they're lying. They're liars. You can't live in sin. You can't live however you feel like and say, well, I have fellowship with the Lord. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another, and the blood of Jesus Christ's Son cleanses us from all sin. Now the next point. What if another Christian offends me? Um, it's happened, it'll happen, it has happened. I don't know about you, but yes, I've been offended over the years. And it's a matter of how you handle it. Um, depends on what the offense is. Um, it's whether you're the one at fault that caused the offense. Is there anyone that can argue that Jesus was very offended when he walked into the temple one day, so much so that he got ticked off and became very intolerable and caused some serious division and showed some behavior that really wasn't very Christian, correct? And started overturning tables. In being very disruptive. So the question is, is what is the offense, number one, in is it of any value? Unfortunately, there will probably happen to you if you spend any time with your brothers and sisters in Jesus Christ. There will be times of offense, hurt, and disagreement within the body of Christ. Just as in your physical family, if and when this happens, the Bible gives a 
definite progression of principles and actions to deal with the matter. How should I, the, the previous notes I had, and I, I, do you have a blank there? Did I, I put a blank in there? Or, uh, okay. How should I respond in such a case? I originally had how should you, but personally I think it applies to all of us and when we read these notes, how should I respond in such a case? One, take the offense directly to the other party first, privately, and try to settle it between yourselves. That's clearly defined and outlined in Matthew 18, 15. And I believe many times, if that were the case, things would just be nipped in the bud, misunderstandings would be resolved, and everything would be fine. B, if the matter is not resolved privately, take it to a leader in your church to attempt to mediate the situation. Letter C, do not go to the unsaved world to settle a problem within the body of Christ. 1 Corinthians 6, 6 is very clear on that. And then letter D, if this matter still cannot be resolved, number one, personally Accept the wrong. Just accept it. Accept. Accept. It, it just accept it. It's not the end of the world. I can't believe how they talked to me. Okay, they were wrong. It's not the end of the world. Two, commit the situation to the Lord Jesus Christ. He will handle it justly. This is so crucial. It's happened in my life. I've handled things badly, and it's gone badly because I didn't follow the guidelines and instructions Jesus had already said, or that the, the, were set up in the Word of God. If I had, things would have gone much smoother, would have gone better. God would have been blessed and glorified. And I've handled things how they should have been handled, and things went great. Just commit the situation to the Lord Jesus Christ. So often, where there's a problem is we're in pride. The pride is going to be the thing that's going to be our downfall. I was right. They were wrong, and you are right. If you took it to a jury of 10,000 people that were brilliant, and you laid your case out, they all would agree, you are right, and they are wrong. Just commit the situation to the Lord Jesus Christ. He will handle it justly. Three, forgive your brother. Forgive your brother. brother or sister. And then four, pray for your brother and sister. 
And that's a struggle, especially if you kind of like, or they, they've kind of made themselves your enemy or they're your enemy. And it's like, I don't have a, I don't know what I did. They just, they hate my guts and I, I, I don't know what I did and I can't get it resolved and they don't want anything to do it. Hey, they've, they've got their issues and they can deal with God, leave it in the Lord's hands and forgive them regardless. Let me conclude with this here. Again, as I mentioned there at the beginning, love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and body. Mark 12, 30, and 31 says, And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, and with all thy soul, and with all thy mind, and with all thy strength. This is the first commandment. And the second is like, namely this, Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. There is none other commandment greater than these. As I mentioned before, the key thought is united, unity. Um, the next two Sunday, uh, Sundays, Sundays, the 12th and 19th, there will not be a Sunday school. Uh, it's Christmas, we're in the Christmas season. I think next uh, week, we, or next Sunday, we have a big... Um, breakfast and then the 19th is the kind of the christmas performance play with children and all and it just gives a lot you know people more time as far as especially the children uh to get um things prepared and set up for that or whatever but uh, when we return we'll be studying the will of god the will of god is probably going to take a couple of weeks um also I covet your prayers. If you will pray for me as I've just got done teaching, pray for one another. Uh, I begin midnights again for six nights, December 14th, that Tuesday night. And um, I'll be very thankful if you pray that um, it would be remain very quiet. And uh, this last midnight shift I had, six nights, Everything was perfect until the last night at 4.30 in the morning. I'm kind of on the way home. I'm way out here west, coming eastbound. Uh, I just finished. Where, oh, I had a bad crash where the car burned to the ground. Thankfully, the, the woman and her four-year-old child got out of the car. Um. I mean, it was nothing, nothing major or as far as from my perspective. Uh, nothing major, but uh, I'm riding home, and then all of a sudden this car's coming up behind me at 110 miles an hour. Let me pull it over, and the thing, you know, the thing you're worried, concerned about is I hope they're not wanted. And uh, driving on suspension, minus 28 points, and they had a warrant on file. And uh, unbeknownst to me at the time, let, found out later, uh, that particular car was stolen. So, and I told the kid, I told him, it was a 23-year-old, I said, I said, just think, if you had your cruise control set on 70, we would have never met. Can you imagine? Greatest invention to do the speed limit. This is an unofficial uh, public broadcast announcement. You don't want a speeding ticket? Just set your cruise control on 70, and then just be concerned when the deer jump out in front of you. It'll be a lot better hitting that deer at 70 miles an hour than it will be at 80, 85, and 90. 
Just a thought. Dear Father, love you, need you. Thank you for this church. Uh, thank you for the people here and um, the love that we have, the interaction. Lord, I pray that uh, we'd be be guarded, we'd be sensitive to uh, anyone that Satan or someone in the flesh or have ill will would come in and try to disrupt um, in a very subtle, deceitful way. I pray that we all be very, very sensitive to that because there's no question Satan hates this church. In Jesus Christ's name I pray, amen.